Welcome to the uh, first episode ever of Conversations for the City. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Vista Community Church. Uh, glad that you're joining us. Um, the, the reason behind this channel is uh, it, there's some other things that we've offered online, and we realize that this dialogue space is really resonating with a lot of folks, and uh, we wanted to peel off a separate channel just to stay focused on bringing in voices, leaders, faces from around our city that uh, help to tell the story of what God is doing broadly speaking throughout our city. Um, like we're always talking about, Vista is not the point. We are just one expression of what God is doing in the, in the greater Columbus area. So uh, as much as we can, we're going to keep bringing in voices, keep bringing in faces so you can hear what God's doing uh, throughout the city. Uh, to my right, your left, I've got Reverend Dr. Pastor, most recently dubbed par excellence graduate of, of Ashland, Norman Brown. Uh, you've, if you've been tuning into any of our channels, you've already seen his face, uh, heard his voice, so we're going to hear from him. And then, and then to my left, your right, we've got, uh, he just wants to go by David, but we at least have to call him Pastor David Williams. Uh, he's been hanging out with us a little bit. Uh, they were classmates together once upon a time at Ashland. David said that Norman's par excellence graduate, cum laude, all, all, you had a trophy and everything. David right. apparently just barely graduated. Thank you, Lordy. Yeah. Maybe it's debatable if he even graduated at all. <laughs> so so if, if, if they poke at each other, that's why they know each other. So I'm part facilitator, part referee for episode one of Conversations in the City. Fair enough? Fair. All right. All right, so like our other conversations, we've got a handful of questions that we're gonna walk through, but it seems like uh, with every other conversation, we get to one question, then who knows where it's gonna go. So we trust the Lord in that. Uh, it's our hope that uh, as we talk about things, that it's a blessing to you, that you hear from God, and more importantly, not just hear, but obey. If there's something that you need to obey, if there's a step you need to take, uh, it's our hope, it's our prayer that you would take that step. And of course, we want to hear about it too. So any feedback you have, uh, feel free to send that our way. Uh, we, we love hearing it. So uh, Norman, I'm going to start with you. And uh, Norman's the, the pastor of J. Gyra Ministries, J. Gyra Development Corporation down the near east side of Columbus. And um, one of the things I wanted him to speak to is why there's a distinction between, I'll just say, JJMC and JJDC. Why did he stand up his ministry in that way? How did he hear God uh, guide him and lead him in that space and how it's impacting the community? So if you could just uh, tell us a bit about uh, why, why your, your church, your ministry, your community is that way and, and, and how it's working. Thanks, Chris. Uh, first of all, I want to be, give thanks for the opportunity to come to be here um, and see my friend David as well. Um, this whole process began uh, as I shared before with the Vista community uh, 2007 when I had a stroke. At that time, I already had my own architectural um, and construction company called NJB Consulting Services. And I, also, I had J. Jara Ministries Church. Uh, my wife and I were pastoring. But when I was in the hospital, the Lord began to uh, speak to me about establishing uh, J. Jara Development Corporation um, to use those three businesses as a vehicle where Ecclesiastes speaks of a, a three, four cord or three strands that they would be used to impact a marginalized community 
that was paralyzed in a group of people that was paralyzed because, because of my stroke, I too became paralyzed. And he was going to rehab me and use these three businesses to rehab a community, a group of people as well, so that they will be a vehicle to impact the city of Columbus. The vision that God has always given me is the Church of Columbus. How can we play a role, um, and, and again, wearing the architecture hat, um, Yahweh has left the temple, according to Ezekiel, and he's looking for plans to be developed so he can come back and move into the city church. And so J.J. Ministries Church, J.J.M.C., is the church that impacts and ministers to the people through a spiritual relationship, discipleship, things of that nature. JJDC is a faith-based nonprofit. It's the vehicle that impacts the, the community at large over in uh, the East Main Street community. We have a housing program. Um, we, have a, uh, we have a vehicle, social enterprise, where we're doing um, urban farming as well. We have a youth program, youth ministry, that's, uh, um, that's really grown and developed. Um, and then NJB is the vehicle where we use to design um, design houses, we build houses, we teach people, young people that are 16 to 24 to construction trades industry. And so we cross, we cross pollinate them on a continual basis. So, so let me ask you this to make, make sure I'm, I'm tracking with you. So initially you had JJMC. Yes, sir. And, and maybe by most definitions you would have called that a church. Church, yes. But then you heard God say develop something that's going to be integrated with the church, but it's, it's different. That's yes. the development corporation. Yes, sir. Side. Yes, sir. And I heard you use the word businesses. Yes, sir. So it, it's a nonprofit faith-based, but, but it's a business model. It's a business model. Yes, sir. It is. So, so your approach to, let me make sure I say this right. Your approach to ministry in terms of how you're impacting, not just the community that JJMC lives within, mm -hmm. but you said you had a vision for the Church of Columbus. Yes. So it, it's somehow there's this integration between what most would call a church community, then these business expressions, mm -hmm. and you also brought in uh, NJB, was it? NJB, yes. Which was your architectural yes, sir. piece that was actually before all, all the, the other two. And so those three strands together are somehow working in, in working, harmony. Yes, to, sir to serve the needs of the community. Precisely. So, so for an example, give you a good example of that, um, after I got back on my feet from, from being sick, God had gave me favor where through NJB, I got a contract to do demolition work for the main library, which was a $25 million contract. Um, I was able to work with a construction company in the Metropolitan Library where um, my contract was for $400,000. And so I was able through NJB to hire a group of men who were either um, at-risk youth, ex-offenders, and veterans where they had construction trades capabilities, but no one would hire them. I hired 15 guys and paid them $35.53 per hour. And so I was able to give them a decent wage and then give them an opportunity to get back on their feet. But then what I also do is with my, my for-profit is my occupation. 
JJDC is, is the nonprofit, which is my vocation. So I tithe from my for-profit into my nonprofit. And so if I got a contract for 400K, JJDC received $40,000. With that $40,000, I began to acquire land and, and renovate houses within my same community because we, we were, were hurting desperately for good housing. Yeah. And then the guys who I trained to do construction, I give them the opportunity to do the work on those properties. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to pose a question to you, David, that you can sit on for a minute because I want to come back to something else. Okay. Um, but you're planting a church. Okay, you're, you're planting a church in the midst of the pandemic. And I, I, I know you a little bit, and I know your heart for serving the needs of this city, serving the people of our city. And you must have, uh, I'm not sure if you're called or crazy. I think that's what I told you. Maybe it's both. <laughs> but, but this whole thing of trying to stand up a new community here within the city, I mean, that's, that's just huge, even without a pandemic. Right. But I want to... In a minute, I'll come back to you. I want to ask you about, as you're thinking about the formation of your community, your reaction to what you just, the paradigm that you just heard Norman lay out. But something I wanted to call out about what I know a little bit uh, from Norman is um, the identity, the concept of ecclesia. I know that this identity of God's people, which I don't think it's a new concept for folks, but but maybe the argument could be made that we've We've forgotten about it, or we lost sight of this identity of God's people, God's called out ones. I know that that mindset, that paradigm, that heartbeat is part of your whole approach to to ministry in general. So uh, if you would, could you kind of tell us what ecclesia is and why that's part of the heartbeat of what you're doing? So in Matthew 16, 18, Yeshua begins to ask a question, who do the people say that I am? And his disciples says, you know, they, they think you're John the prophet, you're Elijah. And then he posed the second question, he says, who do you say that I am? And then Peter speaks up and he says, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And so when Yeshua begins to say that based upon that revelation, I'm going to build my, and we will, we will say the church, but the Greek language says ecclesia and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So the question becomes, what is ecclesia? In the Greek culture, ecclesia is a remnant group of people who have been called out from their community to legislate the moral laws for the entire community. I repeat, it's a, it's a remnant or a handful of people that have been called out from their community to legislate the moral laws for the entire community. So. What expression of that, what does that look like today? Today, we will call them city council. That's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. But God has called for a remnant group of people to govern, to legislate, and to rule in their spheres of influence. And so, using this 3-4 chord, our expectation is to govern and to rule and to have impact upon the community that we're serving. So we're in a community that's been steeped in darkness historically. Uh, It's been paralyzed for many decades, but yet as we move in, we bring in God's light and God's light is to rule and govern. Where we get that from? 
on the fourth day of creation, the scriptures tells us that um, the greater light rules the day and the lesser lights rule the night. And so we realize that Christ is the, he is the greater light. But in the celestial stars that we look into the night season, we see the stars and the moon. And, and according to God's word, we as being his light are to legislate and to rule in night seasons. And so as a result of that, the expectation of, of God's word is for JGR Ministries Church, JGR Development Corporation, and NJB Consulting Services to work together in harmony to have an impact upon the Main Street community for complete transformation. Mm -hmm. And over the last year, we've been seeing those kinds of results. So let me ask you this. Um, when you were talking about who and what are the ecclesia, you said that they are a called out remnant that are supposed to legislate, you know, that's an interesting term, mm -hmm. for the moral laws of the whole community. Yes. So, so let me see if I'm, I'm going to translate this right. The, the identity and posture that you, that you have adopted and that you're living out is one where you actually do, just as you said, you actually legislate spiritually on behalf of all the people that are within your sphere of influence yes, within your community. So not, yes, sir. this isn't just a church thing or, no. or just a, it's for everybody. Right. So, I mean, wh why is it for everybody? Why isn't it more, why isn't it more focused within a certain people group or a certain organization? Why is it, why is it this posture of overseeing everybody? Well, it's, our, the, God has called us to a particular community for, for us to have influence. And, and as a result, the expectation is to see that the, um, the health and wellness and spiritual aspect of that community to be transformed by the influence of this three, four accord. Even the people that don't like you? It doesn't matter because we are supposed to be operating in love. So the expectation is I'm going to have some haters. Uh -huh. But my word, the word of God tells me I'm supposed to pray for those who may hate me. So you're, you're legislating on behalf of those that don't agree with you? That's precisely. Don't like you? Precisely. Is it, is it just uh, the average person on the street or is it the shop owners? Is it the police in the area? Is it's, it the fire it, department? It's, it's the seniors in our community. It's the kids in our community. It's the, the families in our community. It's the businesses that our community. We, in, in our community, the 43205 zip code, it has all, all types of people groups. Uh, we have upper class, middle class, lower class, and no class. No class means we got a couple of shelters. Uh -huh. And so we have influence and relationship with all four social groups. Wow. So you are the ecclesia for all people right. in that space. Precisely. They just, they just gotta be upright walking. If you're breathing, we're gonna engage your life. And, and so one of the things that we've done for years is that we've looked for opportunities to engage the lives of people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when, we, when we worship, right, Dave most likely will have communion, right? You have the bread and the wine. So the Lord has told us, now I don't want y'all just having communion inside your building. I want you to have communion outside the community. And then you invite everyone from your community to participate. We call that love feast according to the book of Jude. He doesn't call it communion, he calls it love feast. 
So we have what we call, our community is called Kimball Farms. We have the community, <clears throat> we have the, <clears throat> the Kimball Farms Community Love Feast. And we invite, because Yeshua had a bad habit of hanging out with unclean people, you know, so we invite the same kind of folks, drug dealers, pimps, prostitutes, gang members. We invite all of them to come to our community love feast. And, and, but we don't have bread and wine. We have beef hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, pasta salad, big spread. Yeah. And they all come. So the first time we did this, over 600 people showed up. But then... I didn't get an invite. Yeah, well, you, you weren't that part there. of the community. <laughs> no, I thought all people. I, my all bad. people in the community. My bad, my bad. It took so, you this long to start poking at them. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, we sure. also invited the mayor, <laughs> law enforcement, fire department. The fire department bought the bought the trucks. Um, but the kids like that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so then when the, um, when the police came, they brought the horses and their bikes. Bike patrol came. Some of the uh, city councilmen, they came. And then all the drug dealers, they came. Prostitutes, they came. All, but they, all feasting together. All feasting together. Because we got tents. We got gospel music. We have bouncy houses. We have this big old spread of food. And, and everyone gets to hang out. And even if some of them want to just get a plate and go, we got carry-on for them. But the issue is you have to sign in. And you have to register your information. Because we, we tell them is we want to know who you are. And we want to find out what your needs are. So tell us what your needs are, and then someone from our church will get back to you. Uh -huh. And so at, and when we do that, we will begin to have someone call. But those people who don't have a phone or phones are not working, the big dog of the house, he knocks on their door and says, hi, I'm Pastor Norman Brown. You said you needed a wheelchair ramp. He's big dog. I'm the big oh, dog. He's the big, big dog. dog. I'm the big dog. Okay. Okay. So, so, so. <laughs> Chief Apostle. No, see, that's what he says. I'm par, the, par excellence. <laughs> right. Okay. But the first time we did though this day was we had a, a woman who said wheelchair ramp. And so I, I knocked on her door and she was a Caucasian woman. She opened the door and she was an amputee. And so I said, hey, this is who I am. You came to our love feast. What's up with Will Wheelchair Ramp? So she said, I've been living in this double for over five years with my living boyfriend. He was African-American. And so he would pick her up, walk, walk her down the steps, set her on the curb, go back in the house, get her wheelchair, bring it back down, sit it on the curb, put her in the chair, and then she can go and how other, other issues that she was having in her life. And I said, well, her name was Stephanie Getz. So Stephanie, I said, look, you know, I just met you, but I'm gonna see what I can do for you and I'll get back to you. So I take her story to Home Depot. And Home Depot exchanges her story for $5,000 worth of gift cards. Then a contractor from Worthington, Galena, Ohio, hears about what I'm doing, can I come play? Cause I hear you're doing some things with any community. Sure you can. What can you do? I can, I got a group of guys. We can build a lot of different things. Can you build a wheelchair ramp? And I give him Stephanie's story. He said, I want to be a part of that. So he said, I'll do the drawings for free. I said, I'll reach out to the, uh, to the landlord. We're going to make sure he gives us $200 for the building permit. And then when they came, we made sure that fed, we fed them. So unfortunately, you know, Stephanie Getz is no longer with us because uh, she ended up marrying her living boyfriend. Her name is Stephanie Moon. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was yeah. a setup. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> you know. And Stephanie Moon are, is a part of our church because she used to go to a church and they were really coming hard on her because she was living with a black man and they were not married. So she left that church. And so her prayer was, Lord, help me find a home church that I can be a part of. And so because of what we've done, now I can't get rid of her. She volunteers <laughs> in our feeding program. She's she in. volunteers. I mean, she, she's, she's in all getting, the way. She's in all the way. Two, because of the wheelchair ramp, she, was, she loves cooking, so she was able to take cutlery classes for two years, and she graduated. And so now she has a desire to establish her own business. That's beautiful. And, and by using our church kitchen, by doing the same thing. And so these are the relations that we're doing, not just within the four walls of a church, but being an ecclesia by having impact upon the lives of, of our community. And, and we engage them. So what do you think? That's a lot. That's a lot right, to that's soak in. Like, right. That's but, why I, I, but I know you're in the stage where you're you're beginning to formulate all of this stuff. I mean, what's what's your view of what you just heard? What's your view of Ecclesia? Um, I think, you know, um, Norman is spot on. Um, the problem that we've had with a lot of uh, churches or church history, not pointing the finger at anybody, but is that um, we have not gone out. And those that do go out, we go out with the intention of telling the community what they need instead of asking them what they need. You know, we go out and we will um, hand out some food baskets or, you know, or give somebody something and we get the warm and fuzzies. And we're doing that and, you know, oh boy, we're doing something. We're out here doing something. But the big picture is, and what Norman has gotten, is that how can I change that person from coming to get a food basket to passing out food baskets? You know, that's economic empowerment. You know, don't leave me where you found me. You know, um, lift me up. Just like Jesus lifted us up to go out and serve. And so that's, that's the whole focus point in just getting people and say, okay, I'm going to love you where you're at. And I'm not throwing no Bible at you, not throwing a bunch of scriptures at you. You know, Jesus said in the word, he said, by this shall all men know that we are his disciples. We have what? Love right. one for another. Right. You know, with no color on that love, with no social class on that love, love what? One to another. And so if I go and, and knock on your door, if I come and I feed you, you know, and I want to get to know you, it's being about relationships. You know, build a relationship with people who are around you so you can see how you can be a blessing and help them. Because the same story Norman is talking about with young lady Stephanie is, you know, there are several stories like that. There are several potential stories like that. If we would open up our hearts and our heads and say, okay, you know, I don't want to just um, get you here. You know, I meet you here and all right, and I'll get you a little money and donate. And okay, now we're, we're good. That really doesn't change a person's um, life. So you, that helps them for a day or a week. You know, how can we be life changing? How can we operate in life transformation where we find this person and we plug this person into social services and resources that we have 
you know, partnering with different people in the community and organizations who want to give out money and do things, you know. Um, and so we are called out to um, not give a hand out, but a hand up, mm-hmm. you know. For too long, we have been guilty of giving hand outs and not hands up. So we give you a hand up, then, okay, that's why I can say the Vista Community Church um, is giving Life Transformation Church a hand up by offering the service you guys are doing with the recordings, you know. Um, and so, because I know what that takes, you know. So we are appreciative of churches with the mindset that I'm not just going to bless me and mine that's here. We're just going to bless people in this community. No, we're going to go outside because God has blessed us so to open up our doors and, and, and allow the resources which don't belong to us. They belong to God. So they belong to God. They belong to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So it's about changing the mindset and having people have the kingdom agenda mindset. That's all kingdom. Mm-hmm. Now, once he said, well, I got to do this and I did this and this is what J. Jire Ministries did and, and we did this. Look, 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 look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. No, it's not about us. It's about kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's about being the hands and feet of Jesus out in this community. You know, to people who we know not of. My church, we adopted a school, Dunlow Elementary School, um, has the highest percentage of free and reduced lunches in the state of Ohio. We did not know that going in. We were offered to be able to get the kids hats and gloves. The school got a grant for some coats, so our church bought the hats and gloves. 400 hats, 400 gloves. Recently purchased some headphones, 100 headphones for the students because they're they're uh, learning virtually and everybody's home situation is not a learning environment. So they need headphones put over their ears so they can concentrate and learn and you know, get educated. And so you do those things and not once how we mentioned, you know, um, here's what you want to do for life transformation. Here's some brochures. Here's this. Here's no. You know, we are being the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was sick. And you didn't <laughs> come see about me. You know, I was in prison. I didn't hear from you. You know, I was naked and you didn't give me no clothes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so what? <laughs> he didn't say, give him a Bible. Give him some clothes. Man, you're hungry. Yeah, t- t- don't just give me some money. Take me and show me how. Make money. How I can make money. Economic empowerment. So let me ask you this. Um, so fair to say you got a little bit of a fire in you about this? Maybe a little bit? <laughs> Just a teeny bit. Okay. A okay. bit. Because you started off by, by talking about, um, you even used the word guilt. We've been guilty of, and when you say we, I think you're just talking about maybe the church at large. But the you're church not, at large. But like you said, you're not pointing fingers or, no, no. or casting blame. Not, not that. Mm-hmm. But it's fair to say that 2020 has been, uh, was a very revealing year for the church at large and and maybe what was revealed uh wasn't the best you know uh, um I've, I've even talked to some folks um that are leading in ministry in some respect or leading in the marketplace and in many respects uh what was revealed was disappointing um there was a lot of opportunity for the church to mobilize and for a variety of different reasons uh we were fighting with one another or, or we were paralyzed, or we were trying to hold on to, all these different things. And, and I've heard all the reasons for them, and I'm not even saying that they're, 
They, they don't make sense. I get mm -hmm. it. I get it. But when I listen to you, when I listen to you, and I know you have more to say, because you started with, we've been guilty of doing a lot of telling, not a whole lot of listening. We've been guilty of just giving things to somebody, but not raising them up so they can in turn be givers to somebody else, something mm -hmm. like that, right? Right, right. So, so tell me, like, from your perspective, this is for both of you, and, and feel free to shout over each other. 2020, I mean, what did we miss? There was a train that came steaming by, and it, and it feels like maybe we missed it. Maybe not you guys, but for the rest of us trying to figure it out, there's some, I feel like there's something we missed. I think one of the things we missed is um, we watched the world come together and unite. Places having uh, marches about social justice after George Floyd. Places I had never heard. And I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and there were some places up in the suburbs in Michigan who had marches, the social justice marches, um, mostly led uh, by white people what you call white suburban neighborhoods, were up in arms about what had happened, what they had seen. And I think the church missed the key point to say this is time for us not to look at the world, but for the world to look at us. Because we have the answers. Jesus is the answer. Because we are all equal at the foot of the cross. We all claim that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, but I think what some people are finding out, they're, you know, they have other gods. So I think we missed the opportunity to unite more not to say the people did not. They had some churches and people had got pastors together and stuff like that, you know, but overall, in the grand scheme of things, we watched the NFL come together, the NBA come together, the WNBA come together, Major League Soccer come together. All these people are uniting under a cause of social justice and we the church I think kind of sitting back kind of figure out um, what we could keep and then what we'll give away mm -hmm. don't want to keep the same mindset I had you know because you know for years I justified these things that were happening and said well that person would have did this and if that person would have did that then they had a different outcome and I'm saying you know and understanding that, hey, this happened, you saw it, you know. So let's come together as the body of Christ. And how do we deal with this issue? How does Sunday not become or still the most segregated hour in the country? You know, but it, it has to take place with relationships. So I say if the, we can watch the world do it, I think we're missing or have missed, not saying we can't catch back up, not saying this still can't happen, but I think we missed a, a key pivotal point for the body. Let 2020 for all three entities that I steward flourished. Yeah, that's they something flourished. I noticed about you. You didn't and miss a beat. No, no, we increased significantly in, 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 a, in, a, in a global pandemic. But because of the nature of how the kingdom operates, our God doesn't operate in scarcity. He operates in abundance. So JJMC, all the, the disciples of that ministry, we were been frustrated. We still are frustrated because we could not get to our people in our community for obvious reasons. But we were able to do 
that we were able to collaborate with many other believers who even didn't look like us or didn't even worship within our, our location. And then they began to participate in the kingdom work that we were already doing. To the effect, we decided to step back from some of the things and say like, look, if you're passionate about this, why don't you come on over here and why don't you run this? We'll store it, but then you bring your resources together. So as an example, Vista Community, y'all had me come in and share back in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can document that one couple um, listened to this and they decided at Christmas time that, you know, they were going to get rid of a bunch of their Christmas stuff, Christmas trees, ornaments, all that kind of stuff. I was able to find a family that had been living in a hotel on 161 ever since April of last year. Because of that family here from this Vista community was able to engage with me, we were able to make sure that that family in the hotel had a solid and beautiful Christmas. There's, 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 there was a, there was a family who, who listened to what we shared from the Vista community. Um, they had furniture that they, they just didn't want anymore. I was able to take their furniture, no, excuse me, they delivered the furniture to one of my housing programs and able to bless the men who were living there. There, there was, um, there was a, a, an older gentleman met with him and his wife living in Dublin, and they have a passion for people. And they gave me uh, these tubes of socks with toiletries and all those kinds of things. Me and a bunch of other guys, we went down to, uh, to one of the shelters in my community, and we were able to bless them with those tubes of socks. They got toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, gloves, hats, all the nine. But a good portion of that came from this Vista community. I can keep going on with the narratives just because of them listening to me share and then saying to themselves, I want to be a part of that. It's not about you being a member. We're inviting people to participate in the King's work. Uh-huh. That's the opportunity. Uh-huh. And all that goes to what Davis, it goes to relationships. Yeah. It's all about, rela- but then when we have impact upon these lives of these people, I can go back to that family that was in the hotel and say, hey, when it's safe, let's begin to engage your life. How can we transition you from a hotel to become stable? Do you have a place where you can worship? How's the grandchildren? How's your grandchildren? We can have those kind of dialogues because the filters or walls that people build up, who are you? What's your agenda? And what are you trying to get at? All by showing the love that they was talking about, it breaks all that stuff down. Um, The men that I work with, you know, um, they really appreciate to the effect, they say, oh man, Pastor Brown, then they're bringing in pictures hanging them on the wall, beautifying the place. So they, they, and they're telling me, I'm not, not sure I'm gonna leave here because this is becoming a home. I said, the program ain't for you to stay. But because people get to engage, you know, uh, one more story and I'll shut up. I had a young man. Are you really? Watch yourself. <laughs> Watch yourself. There was a young man, he was locked up for a period of time. He messed up. And so he was in Jackson Pike. So he ended up losing his job because he made a mistake. He was almost about to lose his apartment, but he could not engage his son because he hadn't been there. So he wanted to do something. I was able to engage 
someone from this community in Vista, where I brought that young man up here, we were able to him get him some diapers and clothings and onesies, you know, toys and stuff. You know, we were to tap into this. Now I can go back to that young man and have a dialogue and talk to him about what it is to be a true man. You know, how would it be with a good father? Those types of conversations, because someone opened up the doors to this house and say, hey, we have all this stuff here and we're more than willing to share. Yeah. That's the power of this stuff. Yeah. Blessed to be a blessing. So in between the break, we, we talked about a bunch of stuff. Uh, what I had expressed was uh, in 2020, and, and we all have, uh, just as an example, we all have um, friends who are family members in Christ that, that work in the law enforcement community. And 2020 was a, a particularly difficult year for them. And uh, we're talking about we're not in, in any way uh, devaluing all the things that erupted in our society. But David really uh, did this amazing job of illustrating how the world united in so many profound ways. And yet uh, the people of God, the church, however, whatever language you want to use, we, we struggled to unite in this way when we, when we really could have, should have. And the question that's been bouncing around in my mind is, this identity of the ecclesia, these called out people who have this posture of legislating on behalf of all people. Um, meanwhile, we've got brothers and sisters in Christ uh, that, that are being persecuted by other brothers and sisters in Christ because they, they have a badge. Again, just as an example. And David really uh, talked about how somehow the narrative got switched to a few bad apples somehow was the story for everybody. Right. You know, uh, there's a few bad pastors out there, but now all pastors are bad. Right. Or there's a few bad whatever, and now all of those people are bad. And that's just, it's not how we're supposed to be as the church. And so, I mean, if you could talk more about that, um, if the ecclesia had, had united and really emerged together, how might that have changed the narrative? How might that, how, how uh, could we have stood unified, um, embracing the conflict, but not becoming part of the conflict. I, I don't even know really what the right posture should have been. I just feels like like we missed something important. Yeah. You want, you go ahead. No, I'll, you sir. Okay. So <laughs> my my thinking to respond. Yeah. Um, yes, we missed out on an opportunity because God doesn't waste a good pandemic. Okay. And what the pandemic did was it exposed the issues or the defects that are in our culture, economically, spiritually, socially, from a housing standpoint, from a food disparity standpoint. It, it, it exposed, it's like you take the Band-Aid and you just rip it off and it exposes everything. And, and if we're going to function as light, if we're going to be salt, because salt is a preserving and a healing agent, light dispels all darkness. So wherever, wherever the pandemic reveals, there's needs of healing and preserving, preservation, whatever there's an exposure of, of darkness, that's where God's people are supposed to engage and be a part of that process. 
Mm-hmm. And then we become, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the answer to that particular situation. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a brief understanding in, in the 05 zip code. Brief, watch yourself. <laughs> we, we recognizing who we are. So as an ambassador of the king, I went, understanding the definition of ecclesia, I went to city council, the natural ecclesia, right? And I said to them is that the people in my zip code are hurting because of this pandemic and they are not able to pay for their mortgages and their rents. And I said to them, I need you to give me $40,000 so then I can reach out to my community and help them. They agreed and asked me to expand that scope for to not just to the 05, but to 03 zip code. And we were able to help a lot of different families. Here's where, where God doesn't waste a good pandemic. There were other ministries. There was a nonprofit and there was a church. I think it was this church who said, we want to engage in this opportunity. And through a benevolent funds, they were able to provide dollars to us because city council for Columbus only said only in 03 and 05 that you can help. But people from Grove, Groveport came to us. People from Westerville came to us. Can you help us? Mm. But because of that, other folks engaged and said, we want to give you dollars from a benevolent fund to address the same matter. We were then able to help families in Groveport, in Westerville. And as a result, currency is data. I can go back to those same families and talk to them what's going on. To some of them said, we want to come worship with you. We need to find a home. We just haven't found a church home. Mm-hmm. Now we can have a different conversation. So let me get this right. Because you have the identity of the ecclesia, the spiritual legislators on behalf of God's kingdom, if I could put it that way, you went to, you said the natural ecclesia of our city. Yes. City council. Yes. And basically said, here's the need give us your resources yes. so we can meet this need. Yes. And in the midst of that, you rallied the resources of the broader church or the broader community of God to come alongside the, the city to meet this need. Yes. And that's what the ecclesia does. That's what we do. I mean, truly, you legislators. That's right. Well, that, that's a little bit different than, I mean, for most churches, it's like we got to have a fundraiser and, and we try and meet the need just ourselves. That's because they're a church. What do you mean by that? A church, church is not biblical. I know that may be sacrilegious. Mm. That, that may call the fur to fly. But church is not biblical. Did you say call the fur to fly? Yeah. Church uh, is not biblical. You will that. not find church. What you will find in the scriptures, qual. Q-A-H-A-L. That's a Hebrew word for an assembly of God. And the urbanized version of that is? Uh, church. <laughs> <laughs> child care. I'm dealing with child care. <laughs> but that same in the first, first Testament is the same representation of the Second Testament. So the Greek word for, for ecclesia is qual in the Hebrew. And they are an assembly that God has chosen to have an impact, not just upon their own people, but those who are outside their community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
how we're supposed to function. We function as salt and as light. And, 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 and he does not need, according to the scriptures, he doesn't need masses of people to get this done. You don't need to be a mega. All you need is to have two or three. Right, right. That's the assembly right there. That's, that's it. If, if, if I can get just two or three to touch and agree on anything, Yeshua says, I Yeshua. will do it. Yeshua. 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 <laughs> Not Yahshua. No, Yeshua. Not, 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 not Yahshua, Yeshua. Okay. Right, right. So, so are you saying that if two or three people who know they are ecclesia come together before the Lord and legislate, things can happen? Yeah, things will happen. So is this the mustard seed that can Precisely. move the mountain? Precisely. Okay, so why, why don't we believe that? Because we have people who are, we, we receive salvation, but yet we're still fractured. We're too busy doing church. We're too busy having church. We come to church. You know, we having church. We have church. That's what we, yeah, we having church. We come out and, you know, get some worship, get some word. And we have in church and we what did go David, back home. What did David preach on? Check out. I don't know. He check. wrecked the house. Mm -hmm. What did David talk about? Man, he sure did preach. But what did he say? And are you hearing what the man of God shared, but then are you living out what he gave you? And so, you know, church becomes, it is a social club. I know, I know forever fly. I think we've created um, a culture of consumers where people come into church, get church, then leave church, not to really have or be the church. I won't say that again, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we have lost the relational part of church where I pull Chris in yes. and we disciple and share. And disciple doesn't mean I have a pseudo halo over my head and I get everything right. Is that as we are journeying together to be salt and to be light, you know, <clears throat> we learn. It's a give and take. Look, follow me. What the pastor says, I follow Christ. So if I'm discipling from, I'm following Christ and I'm helping them on their own journey, wherever they may be at. You know, I said one thing about the, uh, the church in Acts, where they sold everything they had and they, all, they had all things in common. I said, you know, and come together, what? Together. So we missed out on the part having all things in common. And we have... <clears throat> Let other things, political parties, um, watch yourself, and all other kind of stuff, secular views, and who's this, and watch who's yourself. that. Watch yourself. And I was like, you know, I've said before, <laughs> newsflash: God is neither Democrat or Republican. He is God, and He is God all by Himself. He said, "I'm God. You had no other God before me." That's what. That's the word. So when we tie ourselves to other things. We stop being what God has called us to be. Amen. Amen. We don't become the called out. We be the called in. That means, you know, um, they said a story once where a pastor said, you know, he had <clears throat> four members in his church. You know, it was his wife and his two kids and then the dog. He said, well, God blessed me and mine, you know. And so it's just, just these in here. And so we have to go outside of that and say, hey, here's what we want to do. 
Here's what Jesus is talking about. Weep with those that weep, rejoice with those that rejoice. So if Norman is weeping, then I should weep with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if he's rejoicing, I should rejoice with him. But how can I do that if I don't know you? It's about having a relationship. I said the whole pandemic has brought about, and some people it has prospered. Sure. Then some people it has polarized them. You know, people who lost loved ones, lost job, you know, lost identity, you know, kids struggling, uh, dying by suicide, you know, depression, low self-esteem. It has, you know, crippled some folks, but it has also prospered some people. You know, not that I have prospered, but the handcuff of fear, or handcuffs of fear, was released, released off to myself by launching a church in the midst of a pandemic. Because for so long, fear had me crippled, mm-hmm. where I would not go out and step out on God to see. Now, I believe, I talked about faith, I preached about faith, but where was my faith when God said, I need you to do this? Mm-hmm. And I said, like, oh no. And I'm gonna stay in the boat. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. Peter, you can Norm, you get out and you walk. Chris, you get out and you walk, but I'm I'm comfortable right here. But once I stepped out, then now God is what? I'm walking this walk where I'm walking on water because I'm keeping my eyes focused on, on Christ. And I'm trying to bring other brothers and sisters into the same vision and say, hey, no matter what we look like. I have never seen in the Bible a segregated hep, a section in heaven. There's not going to be no denominations in heaven. What did John say? I saw a number that no man could number of all tribes, all, all tongues, all people. Mm-hmm. That's us. That's white, that's black, that's Asian, that's Korean, that's Latino, that's African, that's Swedish. You name them, that's we in there. When I hear David share, I immediately identify with Jeremiah 29. Yahweh comes to the prophet and he says, I need you to send this letter to those who are in exile Mm -hmm. in Babylon. And he tells them that, um, first of all, I was the one that put you in captivity, right? Because Mm -hmm. Psalm tells us that, you know, when the Babylonians came to them, once you sing those songs of Zion, and, and Israel responds and says, why should we sing this song in a strange land? That was their excuse because they were like, you know, like the old program back in the 70s and 80s. They were singing hee-haw, gloom and despair and agony on me, right? And Yahweh tells them that, you know, if you want to be successful while you're in Babylon, what you need to do is you need to um, uh, build you some vineyards and some houses and make sure, now, now understand, when he says, I want y'all to marry, he's not saying that the, 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 the Israelites are supposed to be marrying the Babylonians. He's saying, I need your, I need your family unit to come together to, to marry with your sons and your daughters. Because mm-hmm. the, the plan is, how can you flourish in exile? And, and, and God is using this piece where David, how can you establish something and prosper in the middle of a pandemic? Because in our natural mind, that don't make good sense. But in the kingdom, oh, it makes all kind of good sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is what I want to ask. Um, if, 
If I were to just pay attention to the media, you know, the headlines that are always flashing across uh, my desktop and my phone, uh, I would pretty quickly begin to believe that nobody in, in the church community, if I could put it that way, is talking like the two of you. But I, my, my deepening suspicion, if I could put it that way, is that there's actually a lot of ministers in our city who are thinking and feeling, maybe not exactly the same way, but more similar than not. But maybe there's a lot of anxiety and fear about just being forthright in that way. I don't, I don't feel that paralysis coming off of either one of you, but why? Why has it been hard to find more voices willing to just call it how it is? And that, that's not to devalue anything that somebody is passionate about. Mm -hmm. But I, part of what I just heard you say, David, is many of us led with an agenda and we forgot the kingdom. People who are flourishing in the midst of all this division were leading with the kingdom. So what does the Church of Columbus have to do? What do we have to say? Who do we have to be? I mean, what's our next step into this year if we're going to be the ecclesia of God? I think the church needs to be more um, <clears throat> relational um, with each other. Uh, it's one thing, you know, um, to You're talk to ministry other people, to ministry, ministry to ministry, you know, pastor to pastor. Um, and one thing I told um, some gentlemen, I said, myself as an African-American and black person that minister, that I can't blame someone else for how they grew up or where they grew up. Just like they can't blame me for I grew up. But it's having those conversations. We can sit down and talk. And I'm not being bitter and asking you where you've been. You've been where you always have been. You know, but I can't blame you for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a neighbor um, who's the pastor of the church in Obets, um, Pastor Jay. And Jay's from South Dakota. And so do I blame Jay from being from South Dakota and not having any action, interaction with African-American people? But when he came to me and asked me, he said, hey, you know, I want to know, I want to learn, you know, can, we, can you come with me and have this conversation with some other pastors and church leaders? Sure. Why? I can't blame him. Just like he can't blame me for being from Detroit and graduated from predominantly, um, yeah, all black high school. He only knew what he knew. I only knew what I knew. So he's never had to adapt or not worried about what he had to put on before he went out the house and stuff like that. So I can't blame him for that. And we have to stop pointing fingers and say, hey, how can we come together and have a conversation? And it may be some uncomfortable conversations, but let's have them mm -hmm. because we got to keep the main thing the main thing. Is that mm -hmm. we are the body of Christ and people are looking for us to lead the show. We have the answer. It's in God's word. It's his will that all men be saved. So how can me and you not talk? Because we different culturally. <laughs> but we both claim to be Christians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We both can sing how great is our God, you know. But we can't, you know, we can't get along. We can't talk. It's foolishness. 
It's the enemy who is <laughs> the author of confusion. God said in his word said, you know, as much as up to you, live at peace with all men, especially those in the household of faith. You know, so I heard one person say, you know, if you're not the church, then take the sign down. There are things that God has given me opportunity, Chris, where he's exposed me to various types of people that gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, I'm, I'm going to be um, via Zoom. I'm going to be hanging out with uh, a group called the Charismatic Leadership Forum. This group of believers, um, they're, five, they're part of five different groups. We have Messianic Jews, Greek Orthodox, uh, Catholics, Protestants, Independents, or pretty much non-denominational. Mm-hmm. The whole agenda is, is unity of faith and unity of spirit. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. But they come from Australia, Poland, Brazil, England, Canada, Michigan, Florida, Columbus, Ohio, they all part of this, all this mix. And, but hold on, you said Greek Orthodox? You said Messianic Jew? Mm-hmm. Got a lot of different politics at the table. To the fact, the, the, the brothers and sisters who come, who are part of the Catholic family, have great ties to the Pope. And to the, where he's spirit-filled, he desires that every Catholic become spirit-filled. He's charismatic. But we know that's not the mainstay. These are remnants of believers. And when we look at Scripture, he does not use masses. He uses a remnant to have an impact upon his own people because the group of his people, they're a remnant compared to the whole world. Mm. And mm. so if we understand his plan and how he does things, he's going to use the remnant to have an impact upon his people so that his people can have an impact upon the cosmos. Yeah. And what I'm not saying, I don't want anybody to misunderstand me, I'm not saying these things are not happening, sure. but I think they could be happening more. You know, we can have more relational, more, more unity, you know. So for those who are doing it, hats off to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those people who are not, who are challenged, who are uncomfortable, who mm-hmm. are maybe bitter, mm-hmm. you know, we pray that you will move out of that. Yes. You know. Yes. And that God will touch your heart, you know. Part, part of the reason for this space is um, the, the people of God need to hear the story of the kingdom that's unfolding around them. But but oftentimes they don't hear it and see it because of what's on the TV or what's coming through your your phone or what have you. Um, uh, I just want to say thank you. I mean, it, it's been it's been such a blessing to just get to know uh, both of you and and have the privilege of continuing to be in relationship with you. It's been really our honor to whenever you've you've given us the opportunity to be able to serve you in whatever way we can. Um, and it's, of course, the relationship is important, personally speaking, but, but it's, it's because of this growing understanding of who the ecclesia is, how we're supposed to be for one another for the sake of everybody, 
how, how our resources are not our own. You were ta talking about that earlier. These, we really do believe that all of this belongs to God, and we really are just stewards. So how can we hold on to it? It's supposed to be an offering. Um, uh, so we'll leave the conversation where it is. I know we just, I mean, we just touched the tip of the iceberg here, but that's the whole purpose for this channel. I, I hope uh, when you guys have avail availability, you can come back and, and kind of give us a, a news flash, a report on how things are developing around you. I'm really looking forward to the story of God unfolding through us and how we serve our city together and being able to tell that story. Um, for those of you that, that tuned in, uh, you can expect to see some, um, call them equipping highlights or some highlighted thoughts and points that were made in the midst of this dialogue. Uh, they'll be shared um, in uh, bite-sized chunks uh, through social media or through other channels. We want to make sure that you have the opportunity to wrestle with this, uh, to look in the mirror and, um, and embrace your identity as part of the remnant of God, one of the called out ones of God. And uh, for those of you that you hear little, but you do much, you know, a lot of the stories that, that Norm already shared, thank you so much. Those stories make all the difference in the world. And um, follow these two guys, pay attention to these two guys, and uh, just want to say thank you. Any, any parting words, any, anything you want to say before we wrap this I'm up? I'm excited for David. I'm excited for David too. Thank you, thank you. Pray for us at Life Transformation Church. Life trans we make sure we share that information yeah. with you, Life Transformation Church, yeah, check out our as website. well as yeah. Jay Jaira. And uh, we'll put a, a spelling of uh, Yeshua yeah. on there for you. So. Right. You know, <laughs> one talk in Hebrew and Greek. See, that's what Norman, he got his MD of, I just got my, you know, Master's in Practical Theology, so he took a step further, yeah, you know, know, so it was okay. You know, I'm glad he still calls me friend, so yeah. it's good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see you later. Outstanding. <laughs> Thank you. I, I Thank have you. no idea how long that recording was because it like stopped and started. It's all good.